Anomalous Playboy, a football podcast. With your hosts, Ashley and Michael, please sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Undroppables Playbook, a football podcast sponsored by the Undroppables. No, presented by the Undroppables and sponsored by Analyst Devo. Listen, I took a week off last week. I needed um, a quick little mental health break, so I'm a little bit bit rusty, as you could tell at the beginning of this. But I am your host, Ashley. This is my co-host, Michael Duncan. Hi, Michael. Hey, everyone. I'm back in uh, not London. I know, back in Philly. Back in Philly. Great. I know. I know you got to tell us a little bit on the show yet last week about London. You got back this week. How, how was it? It was incredible. It was, uh, it was really interesting. I, uh, I do not have a lot of experience traveling. I have no experience traveling outside of the United States other than Canada when I was three, which I don't remember. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. They say things weird. Um, I could not understand anyone that language was language was much more of a barrier than I was expecting. I don't know if I just have really crappy hearing or if like, I don't, I don't know, but I had a lot of trouble talking to people. I felt very uncomfortable all the time and I still do not understand what the name of their country is. So quick update on that. Still don't know. It's okay. It's better to live in denial, like not know ignorance is bliss um i know i'm jealous you got to go to the game and everything you're just you're just used to uh the strange philly accent so uh there's nothing strange about our accent we just have weird words like john john although i say say john in london and what they got me a weird look (laughs) that got me a really weird look and i was like i forget that it's weird outside of like philly But in a different Let country, alone country. it was even, yeah, even more. Yeah, weird. well, I mean, sure, if you said that in the Philly cheesesteak place you went to um, in London, it wouldn't have been as weird. But if you just said it, like, on the streets. Yeah, I will say, quick shout out to not a sponsor, uh, Passyunk Avenue, I believe their name is. It's a, uh, a Philly dude that uh, moved to London and opened a, uh, like, a Philly bar in the middle of London. They had cheesesteaks and uh, beer and uh crab fries it was delicious it was all really good i felt like i was back in philly yeah you called me and you were like oh i went to dinner at a philly cheesesteak place i was like you went all the way from philly to london to get a good cheesesteak and it wasn't a good cheesesteak from what i've heard it was and it was an awesome place too the entire place was just like covered in philly sports memorabilia so it was awesome good i love to hear it i'm happy you had a good time unfortunately they didn't have any james robinson jerseys that was a big l big l still very angry (laughs) the disrespect is is seriously nobody nobody respects james robinson the way you do so (laughs) yeah i'll give a quick little um asterisk to this show that i am currently in massachusetts where there has been storms all day i didn't have power all day i do have power now so if for some reason i just like fly off the screen it is because i lost power um the street i live on loses power a lot um and with the storm it loses power more so if i jump off somebody else may jump on for me or it may just be duncan again by himself but the solo pod was so overwhelmingly successful last week that it was actually decided that she doesn't need to be here for the yeah. entire pod every exactly week. i just come to the intro of me yeah i'll just do the intro you'll do the whole like meat of the show and then i'll come back on for the outro perfect perfect <laughs> i can't okay so we'll jump right into it we are going to start as usual with our injury report. We're actually not going to do a game breakdown this week. We have a fun little segment for you after our injury report. Um, but we'll get started from the top, right where we usually do the injury report. Um, and that starts with our quarterbacks. One very notable injury was Zach Wilson, who had a knee injury on a pretty bad hit during the second quarter and was noted that there was no like serious structural damage, but he has a, a sprained PCL. He's expected to miss at least two weeks. Um, and his backup is Mike White, who's announced he'll be, he'll be playing, which was pretty obvious no. after the injury. Not for long. They Not did for trade long. for a uh, former Jets. Great, uh, yeah. Joe Flacco. So. <laughs> He'll probably oh, start next week unless Mike White uh, yeah. lights the world on fire, which yeah, I it's didn't even jazz. know who he was. So. Yeah. 
I mean, Salah did say that Mike White is playing this week, so Flacco is yeah. probably queued up for next week. Um, Patrick Mahomes took a hit to the head during a sack in the fourth quarter. Chad Henne came in for the rest of the game, but the team is optimistic he'll be playing this week, so nothing too serious. I'm pretty sure he got evaluated for a concussion, but didn't have one. So yeah, he was clear. He could have he could have gone back in the game, but there was no reason to. So yeah, they were getting blown out so um onto our running backs miles sanders from the eagles was ruled out during the game after getting an ankle injury eagles don't think it's anything too serious he's considered week to week but minor yeah it was one of those apparently a report came out that looks a lot worse than it actually was yeah. he could he's technically still questionable for this week but he probably won't play he's been having a rough break this year with just uh, they finally play. gave him the uh, no but um for later save it for later <laughs> can't um josh jacobs from the raiders left the game around halftime with a chest injury it seems it's not serious and it seems he's uh, avoided any major injuries ty johnson from the jets was evaluated for a concussion during the game i didn't see anything else i'm assuming he was probably okay he is probably okay but that's what i saw that he was at least evaluated for a concussion during the game Onto wide receivers, Diami Brown from Washington had a knee injury and missed the rest of the game. He's another one who's been having a rough break, especially with injuries this year. Um, just again and again, missing time. So that's upsetting for a rookie. Devontae Adams was placed on the COVID list and it was kind of announced a couple hours ago. He'll not be traveling with the team. And Alan Zard was also placed on the COVID list. The Packers have several people on the COVID list. One, one important note there. Uh, so Adams is... Uh, vaccinated. Alan yes. Lazard is not vaccinated. So yeah. uh, I don't believe that Alan Lazard has COVID so far. He's just listed as a close contact. Um, yeah. So depending on how that works out, he could be fine for ne next week. But if he does get COVID, that means he'll probably be out longer than Adams because he's vaccinated there. Theoretically, Adams could have almost played on Thursday night. Um yes. But uh, yeah, just a. It was just you need a bunch, a bunch of negative tests, and they yeah. didn't know that they could get all of those tests done in time for exactly. him to be able to, especially because they were traveling. I think if it was a home game, it probably he probably would have ended up playing. They would have gotten those tests done in time, but with traveling, he if, wasn't. If he passed them. Yes, if, if he yes, that's yeah. that. Yep. Yeah. Um, DeAndre Hopkins was listed as questionable for tomorrow's game with the Packers with a hamstring injury. And another big news that kind of came out today was about Antonio Brown from the Buccaneers. Arian said it's a sprain. Uh, he's suffering with a sprain around his heel, and he's unsure when he'll be back on the field. He says, quote, could be back after the bye, which is week 10, or could be a long time. It's wait and see, end quote. He was seen on crutches around the facilities this week. It kind of seems like hey, this might be something that's a little bit serious i think it is i mean it came out of nowhere um i want to say like it felt like thursday or friday of last week it, you know it popped up on the injury report all of a sudden it was okay he's questionable um it didn't happen during a game last week as far as mm -hmm. i can tell or two weeks ago um but yeah and then you know this this news didn't come out until this morning about um this today being wednesday um for the podcast listeners but uh yeah that could be serious because something that you know we hadn't even heard of went to maybe he'll be back after the bye maybe which is which is uh, which is would be he'd be back i think week 10 is their bye and so yeah. he'd be back week 11 so that's three more weeks um of football right yeah but i'm what i like that's a lot like in three weeks is put on ir type injury you know yep. so that's that's not great um, for tight ends, one of the, the bigger one was Johnny Smith from the Patriots was ruled out during the game with the jets with a shoulder injury. I haven't really seen any updates on that one either. Usually a lot of the, um, I, I tend to say that a lot during Wednesday cause our podcast is on Wednesday and a lot of the more serious injury, like the news on like whether they'll play or not, or kind of the seriousness of injuries comes out after, unless it's a really serious injury where they're like taken to the hospital right after the game and he tore his ACL, something like that. But because of the way practice schedules work, like a lot of people take off on practice on Wednesdays yep. and then you'll get news about them on Thursdays. So it's not that I didn't look for these injury like updates. It's just that they're kind of pretty tricky to find on a Wednesday. I so think all of our listeners just kind of assume that you're lazy and bad at your job. I know. That's exactly what it and is. Clearly do you want me to I jump off now? So take a power outing. That's fine. I'll do it. I'll do another solo pod. I can talk about James Robinson for another 45 minutes. Do it. Do it. 
Um, a couple, I have like four here for just offensive line and defensive players. Jabril Pavers, the safety for the Giants, uh, tore a couple ligaments on his ankle and is set to miss the rest of the season, which is, un- was it ankle or was it knee? Did I write No, ankle? no, you're right. Sorry. Oh, okay. I was looking at You give me a look. I was like, I'm pretty sure it's ankle. Um, no, but he torn some things in his ankle. He's going to miss the rest of the season, which is highly upsetting. He wasn't having the best year. I think it was more so because the Giants weren't using him very effectively. But he's a huge morale guy for the Giants. Every time they do one of those, like, pieces on, like, who's the funniest in the locker room and, you know, who do you want? Who would you want to be friends with your family? That kind of thing. It's always Pep. So that, that's a huge, uh, huge bad thing for the giants um devin mccourty for the patriots exited early with an abdomen injury javon kinlaw from the 49ers um has a knee injury and it was said that he might need surgery and if he does it will be a season ending surgery one of the most bizarre updates we got right I, just reading it i i was like wait is he out? Is he fine? Yeah. I didn't, I don't even, I didn't even know what to take from it. To be it's honest. like, okay. If he may need surgery and it's season ending surgery, there's a possibility he may not need surgery, which means it's not season ending. So I don't know. Um, and JJ Watt, the defensive end for the Cardinals had a, has a shoulder injury and he's ruled off for tomorrow's game. That one also kind of came out of left field. I did not even really see yeah. any like updates on him. And I got an update today that was just like JJ Watt's out. And I'm like, huh? Yep. Okay. Anyway, on to the best part of the injury report, the good news. Tyrod Taylor from the Texans was returned from IR. That means they have 21 days to uh, move him up to active roster. And it was noted that he's going to start practicing this week. Dak Prescott from the Cowboys with his calf injury, it seems to be getting better. Um, Todd Archer reported that Mike McCarthy said his calf has improved every day. He'll go through individual drills before the medical staff assesses where he is heading into team drills. Cooper Rush will get snaps with the number one offense, which happens on a normal week anyway. Um, So Dak did not practice Monday, but the team is still fairly optimistic that he will play, which is, I mean, good for them. Um, Yeah, I... Hmm. That I've gotten bad vibes from that entire situation right? all season. I feel like it came out of nowhere and then they underplayed it, but that, and also he's constantly like did not practice and it's more of an issue yeah. than they're willing to admit, but they're all saying it's fine. And mm, I don't know. It seems that they've been doing that with a lot of his injuries. I think it's yeah. kind of more of a, um, like save yourself from, from, the issues of like a very expensive quarterback and the media and all of that kind of stuff. It kind of feels like I agree with you though. A lot of the injury news surrounding Dak has been a little bit sketchy and I don't think it's just because it's thin news. Like it's just, I think it all seems to be very, very like behind the curtain and keep it very secret. Um, Baker Mayfield with the Browns who did not play this week with a shoulder injury did not practice Monday, but practiced today and got starting reps, which is pretty good. Um, CJ Henderson, the quarterback in the Panthers has a shoulder injury and Oh, I don't know why that one's down there. That's supposed to be up with the, um, offensive and defensive list. Uh, CJ Henderson had a shoulder. injury. Yeah. I was like, that's not good news. Um, anyway, Saquon Barkley from the giants is set to return to practice this week ahead of Monday night football with the chiefs after he's suffered that pretty gross ankle injury with a really bad swelling. Got um, Nick Chubb from the Browns is expected to come back this week against Pittsburgh after his calf injury. And one of my favorite updates on the good news injury segment is Rob Gronkowski from the Buccaneers returned to practice after a bunch of broken ribs and internal injuries and punctured lungs. Um, sidelined him for a few weeks. I think it was what three he was out for. Yeah, it might be a little bit. I, it was definitely mind, two, but I know, I'm know i thinking it was three full weeks. He missed like the rest of the game for the fourth week, whatever. Arian says, quote, hope he can play this week against New Orleans. So that's great. I'm so happy for him. Yeah, for I love guys. Gronk. He's always fun to watch. Yeah. So on to our segment. Like I said, we are not going to do game breakdown this week. We are going to do a little segment called Sound the Alarm. What DEFCON level do we think these teams are at? I'm Ashley, ready. what is a DEFCON? What is a DEFCON? Which one um, is which? Which one is which? We had we almost got into a tip about it earlier, and I was wrong. I'll admit that. Um, so DEFCON ranks from one to five. Five being the best, one being the worst. So DEFCON five is considered like like that's like the scale the government uses, right? To 
depend on like figure out what level of readiness they need to be. So DEFCON 5 is like the lowest state of readiness, a normal day to day. The middle one is like, you know, DEFCON 3 is Air Force ready to mobilize in 15 minutes. DEFCON 2 is the entire armed forces in less than six hours. And DEFCON 1 is like maximum readiness, nuclear war is imminent, like that type of thing. So we are going to gauge a handful. I believe we have around eight, nine teams that we're going to gauge how we feel on what DEFCON levels the team, the organization, the fans should feel surrounding that organization. Yeah, we're not worried about nuclear war necessarily, no. but we're just going to kind of gauge how worried we are about their franchises, how yep. they're looking right now. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'll start us off with a, a team that we talked about, I think, like four weeks ago. And the question was, you know, are they a contender or a pretender? And I think we were both on the you side of a pretender, pretender, and that's the yep. Carolina Panthers. Um, who last time we talked about them, they were 3-0. And since then, they have lost four straight to the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Vikings, and the Giants. Wow, yeah. three NFC East teams. That's I know, incredible. right? How That's do you horrible. let the worst division in, mm. in the NFL mm. run over you? It's not good. It's not good. Um, and they started the season 3-0, like I said. So uh, I'll ask you, what? Uh, how worried are you about them? What level are you at? Honestly, probably DEFCON 2. I do not like the way this team is playing um, with Christian McCaffrey out. It is a whole different ball game for them. The second he went out is when they started collecting losses. Um, and I don't know, Sam Darnold looks to have regressed on his, you know, rushing touchdowns, which is a huge thing holding up that team. Um, there's more turnovers. the defense that was supposed to be, you know, a, that was at the beginning of the year, a fairly good defense, a very, a, I would say even a pretty good, very good defense um, is not doing their job. I mean, you, and, and like I said, the offense isn't doing anything. I mean, you only put up three against the giants. So that, that's not great. Um, they got a safety like against them this week. So I would probably put them at DEFCON too. I don't really like the way as a whole it's looking. I don't think the, the coaches are doing very much to help them on the playbook and scheme wise. It just kind of seems overall very like discombobulated. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I will say that I think the defense for the most part is doing its job to the best of its ability, considering the help that it's getting from the offense, which is mm -hmm. to say not a lot. Um, but yeah, I think the most, the, the most surprising thing about it is again, like, you know, part of this is sort of expectations. Like, I don't think either of us and they're not on this list for a reason, but like, we're not worried about the Detroit lions because we knew they were bad. Like yeah. we knew they were bad. They're not exactly, you know, worrying us about the fact that they haven't won a game yet because like, I we wouldn't. It. Yeah. That, that nothing about that is surprising in the slightest. So uh, part of this is definitely for me, the fact that this offense has just looked miserable and, you know, Matt rule is a coach that I really, really like. And Joe Brady is positioned himself to be one of the probably youngest head coaches in the league in the next few years. He's going to be a hot name. Um, that's going to gain a lot of traction this off season when head coaching uh, spots open and the offense has just not looked good. And, you know, part of that is definitely Sam Donald. He has not looked good at all, but you know, I don't think they're really putting him in a place to succeed. And, um, and honestly, with the exception of DJ Moore and maybe Chuba Hubbard, like, I don't think anyone's really doing too much. Um, some crazy numbers, uh, that I was, uh, that I found this week was, these are the last three games from Robbie Anderson, um, starting in week five in Philadelphia. Uh, I'll give you the targets first. Seven, 11, and nine, playing over 86% of the snaps each of those games. His receptions were two, three, and three. Yeah, he's been a huge... If you drafted him like I did, at least in one of your fantasy leagues, he's been one of the huge, huge disappointments in fantasy football. He's also like getting a lot of air yards. Like he has like all of the stats except for catching the ball. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, um, the important one, Yeah, uh, but it's, it, and at the same time, it's not really just him. I mean, DJ Moore, who's for the most part been yeah. fairly good. And obviously he's been kind of off. Uh, he's been, had a little bit of a bad stretch here, but you know, seven uh, targets against the seven targets, uh, against the Eagles for five receptions, but then 13 for five receptions and 10 for six receptions. Like the, the catch rate on this team has been pretty miserable these past few weeks. And um, I just, I need to see something out of the, uh, the supposed offensive genius minds of Joe Brady and Matt rule to kind of, you know, 
try and get this team back on track because that's what worries me. I didn't think that they'd really be contending this year. I wasn't sure what to think of Sam Darnold. I did like him. I thought that he maybe showed that he was better than he was with the Jets. And, you know, I guess not. Uh, but, you know, they don't really show the improvement that I was hoping to see this year in the second year of the Matt Rule era and the start toward what I thought was a rebuild toward being able to be competitive. Because uh, I think they've drafted really well lately. And, um, yeah, I'm probably around where you are, which is like a two or three in terms of DEFCON level. Yeah. And like you said, I think, you know, they're kind of, we expected a little bit more, especially after a three, no star, you don't expect a four run loss streak. And I think that that's yeah. kind of what's startling me the most. I, I, like we both said, we didn't expect them to be contenders, but going on a, a run of four games where you lose four straight is serious DEFCON two vibes. Yep. Um, all right. On to the Seahawks. Let me know where you're at. Well, they're two and five. They're in fourth place in the NFC West, which might be the best division in football. Um, they've lost to, uh, somehow I think this is wrong. I don't think they lost to the Seahawks, um, in our show sheet. Uh, but they did lose to the Titans, Vikings, <laughs> Rams, Steelers, and Saints. Um, and they don't have Russell Wilson. I am nearing DEFCON 1 with the Seattle Seahawks, and the reason being that Pete Carroll is playing like they still have the Legion of Boom. He wants to run his offense through the running game, and okay, fine. I get it when you have Geno Smith out there. Fine, whatever. But also, the guys running the ball are Rashad Penny and Alex Collins. Not exactly a recipe for success when you've got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett on the outside. And what worries me the most, and the reason this is a DEFCON 1 for me, is really just because of the the everlasting chatter of Russell Wilson not wanting to be in Seattle anymore. Yeah. That's what worries me. Their defense is terrible, and Pete Carroll refuses to adjust anything in the way that he approaches this game. Russell Wilson will single-handedly win them 10 games every season because that's just the type of player he is. Um, he's insanely efficient. And with him not playing, it's just showing how bad that this offensive and defensive strategy is for this team. And I think Russell Wilson is probably sitting there thinking the same thing that he thought the last couple of years, which is unless Pete Carroll goes, why would I want to be here? They're not going to, they're not helping him. I mean, they're not helping him win games and they're not helping him make hopefully, you know, one last run or two at this Lombardi trophy because the team around him is just failing. The offensive and defensive coaching staffs are just not doing anything. It's nothing like the Legion of Boom years. And, that's why I'm worried because I I think you have to keep your quarterback happy. And it, it just it blows my mind that year after year, when the whole let Russ Cook thing is going on and people are shouting it from the heavens, you just even Pete Carroll said it this year. Yeah, and it's like, well then why you're the head coach. It's like when Andy Reid comes out and says, Oh yeah, we really need to get that running back the ball more. It's like, dude, that's your job. You're the one that can do that. Pete Carroll. You are the dude that can unlock the kitchen to let Russ cook. So why don't you do it? So he doesn't want to leave. Yeah. Like if I'm the Seahawks owner, I'm like, I, I'm I'm calling up, you know, Russ. He's probably laying in his bed, making some weird video for Twitter <laughs> that he does. And I'm just like, dude, what do I, I need to do to make heart. you happy? Exactly. Like, how do I make you happy? Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. It's not about money. It's just, do what he wants him to do. Like, if you need to yell at Pete Carroll to pass the ball more, do it. But I think if they're not careful, they're going to lose the only thing that's even slightly keeping their organization afloat. So that's I agree. One. I agree. And it pains me because I love Pete Carroll. Um, I really wish Pete Carroll was like a, an extra one of my grandpas. I really love him. Um, he, I very much enjoy Pete Carroll on my television. But... You're right. It's just, it's just like a complete failing. So honestly, for me, it's like this season, I... I really don't have a Jeff Con level. I don't really expect much anything out of this for the Seattle Seahawks this year anymore. No. But for the organization as a whole, like I'm almost a five because it's like you kind of like we said with like the Lions, it's like you don't expect them to make a run here. You don't really expect them to do too much, especially after Russ got hurt. But for the organization as a whole, for the future of this organization, I agree with you. I am pretty much on DEFCON one for this. Um I mean, like you said, there's been talk of, of Russell Wilson wanting out and there's been talk of like, maybe we won't even see him back in Seattle. Right. Like, I mean, yeah, he looks very happy on the sidelines being able to help because he's actually having a little bit of input in what the, um, 
and what the offense is is doing and that's what he wants but there's talk that like maybe his injury was going to push him into like what probably around week 13 14 something like that so it's like if they're not making a playoff run why would russ risk his health want to come back um for a team that he doesn't plan on playing with next year so that's huge the defense is an absolute dumpster fire. I mean, I can't ever stop thinking about the video we saw um, on Twitter, you and I, about um, the game with the Rams where the Rams just kept running the exact same play and it was just mirrored. So they would, it was like Cooper Cup on one side, Robert Woods on the other, and they would just flip it and they just kept running it. It was literally Madden. It made no sense. And the Seahawks could not figure out how to cover it at all and they ran the plays like back to back to back made an entire uh drive on it and the seahawks could not figure out how to cover it so it makes no sense to me i think the entire organization has a lot of thinking to do um coordinators are not helping coaches are not helping you have the talent there gm um, isn't helping the gm is I, I disagree i don't think they have really i think you, i think you're missing I, a, a decent running back that's about it well i mean I think running back might be one of the strongest positions on their team right now, even without Chris Carson. Their defense is awful. Yeah. Their defense I mean, little to no talent. They traded how many first round picks for Jamal yeah, Adams and paid him a billion dollars. That's another reason you should be on DEFCON one. They're two and five and they don't even have their own first round pick, but they're paying J- Jamal Adams a billion dollars to suck. Um, like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. That's great. Awesome. Love having that talent. Who else? Who else are you legitimately... I mean, yeah, they have some good pieces on the offensive line, but who else are you legitimately extremely excited about on this team? Because their drafting has been miserable the past few years, with the exception of a a hit there, too. But, um, like, really, like, uh, Russell, like, this is just... It's it's like seeing the Colts in that year that Peyton Manning had to sit out because of the neck injury. Mm -hmm. You watch them go 1-15. in Watching the Seattle team without Russell Wilson is just showing how awful of a team they are and how he single-handedly keeps them afloat every year. And yeah, this is also the worst that they've been in year, in the past few years, but I think they're just not a good team. Yeah. I think for me, it's more so like, I don't think you have the talent there to win a Super Bowl. I think you have the talent there to get, you should be able to have the talent there to at least get you more wins than what I'm expecting them to get this year. But again, that's Russell Wilson out. But like, you, like, you know, it's not like you're missing every single piece. This team should be better than they are. And then it's just, it's not, I mean, also Geno Smith heading the table is not helping, but well, yeah. yeah. On to the next one. What do we have next on our list? We have. Fourth the Steelers. AFC North, the Pittsburgh Steelers with losses to the Raiders, Bengals and Packers. Uh, surprisingly three, actually very good teams this season. Yeah. Um, they're three and three. Uh, Mike Tomlin is never saying never, but never. And he's getting asked not about enough a coaching boosters. job. It's not yeah, enough. There's not a booster with a big enough uh, bank check. We'll have to introduce him to Buddy Garrity. Um, <laughs> for anyone that's watched Friday Night Lights, hopefully you're mm-hmm. laughing at that. For everyone else, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, are you worried about these Steelers? All right. I, I'm i probably going to put them at a three. Like I'm uh, like a... Uh between three and a four like i don't know i i'm not too worried i think you need to show me something that big ben is not the man after this year big ben should not be the man this year but i think that that's kind of where i say if you're if you're gonna sit here and say that big ben is gonna stay with you i, I jump right up to defcon one nuclear marminant um because he is washed like i hate to say that about a player but man has a noodle arm all he does is get hurt he like can't run he uh, it's just a disaster for him. So that's he a huge thing. That was mean. Um, he and- does. He was just running and just tripped. I mean, like, I do it too, but I'm not in the NFL. Me either. Like, I'm not I paid to be athletic. Thing. Yeah, that's true. Just saying. I mean, could you be if you wanted to be? No. <laughs> I don't have the genes for that. Oh, God. Anyway, I I like the way that this team has a decent amount of young talent. They have a lot of pieces there. I can, you could see that they were making the moves to try, like this year they were making moves that looked like we were trying to make like one last run with Big Ben, right? Like that's kind of what you yep. could tell. Um, and unfortunately it's Big Ben is kind of holding them back a bit. Um, their record I think is probably better than what it could be. I feel like there's a lot of opportunities there where it could have been 
a much worse record. Um, so I think that the organization as a whole, I like Mike Tomlin. I, I think he's doing a pretty good job coaching. I'm not going to say completely upstanding. I think he's doing a good job coaching. Um, I think the piece for me, that's not letting me sit at like a DEFCON five is big Ben. And the fact that he is holding this team back. Yeah. I mean, they do have a lot of good young pieces. They have Najee Harris, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson. They have a solid defense, a good defensive backfield, especially um, guys like Minka Fitzpatrick um, and obviously TJ Watt in the front seven. Um, you know, I, I want to I wish I could say five because I love Mike Tomlin. I think they do have a lot of really good players. And obviously, yeah, Ben sucks. Um, it is what it is. You know, I, I, I think that they're, probably the fourth best team in that division, but that's also a very good division. Um, the thing that worries me the most is, you know, obviously, yeah, I can't wait for Big Ben to not be on that team because I want to see what they can do without him. But then I think, but who are they going to have? They don't have, like, the, the, there's, you know, sometimes you, you've got these teams where it's like, okay, if Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay, at least there's, like, a first-round quarterback. You might not love no. Jordan Love, no pun intended, but he's still a first round quarterback with a decent amount of talent. Like there's something to be hopeful for there. I don't, what on earth is there to be hopeful for? If big Ben leaves, it's like Cam Newton. No, I hope not. Uh, Dwayne Haskins. God, no Mason Rudolph. No, like, yeah. I mean, you can hope and pray that Aaron Rodgers goes there or something like that, but I mean, realistically, like right now, if you ask who what the answer is next year to Big Ben, it's like, I don't even know if I would rather have a washed up Big Ben or a Mason Rudolph starting. Yeah. Um, so that's what scares me, because I don't, I don't really see that position getting better next year. And we see how they are right now with a very incapable Big Ben, um, who at least has experience in the NFL and can understand that he should drop it off to Najee Harris like a billion times a game. Mm-hmm. Like, at least he has that common decency so i wish i could say i was at a five i'm probably at a four and it's really just because i don't know what their plan is beyond big ben um and they're not the type of organization to make some big splashy move normally uh for a quarterback so i mean they haven't had to worry about it for a billion years so i think that's one going to be one of the most interesting things this offseason and it's going to be one of the biggest question marks and i think that's really going to shape the uh like the quarterback market this offseason. I think that uh, looking ahead to that, I think that's going to be the thing that decides all the other, you know, all the other positions available. I agree. And I think it's going to have a, a big to do with um, Mike Tomlin's availability as well. If I should say that, I think um, kind he, of, he'll be fine. I, I think so too, but if you're going to be, if you're going to, I don't know, I think he's a, gr- a great coach and I like him, but I don't doubt that, that somebody there will like be like Tomlin. Um, anyway, they, they've, had, they've had three head coaches since like 1962, I think. Yeah. I mean, someone can fact check me on that and tell me I'm wrong, but literally three head coaches. He is not. He is not getting fired because this is not. The, this is not his fault. Do you want to hear the polar opposite? The New York Giants, who yeah. if next if they get rid of Joe Judge, they have to pay three head coaches next year. That's that, exciting. That That's so, awesome. Right. Something to look forward to. Um, Anyway, we're on to the Bears. uh, The Bears, three and four. You're you're not following the list. What's going on? We have a list. Oh, I skipped. Oh, we have the Browns. I forgot the Browns weren't there. I saw bees. Um, I I started with the Bears. We'll jump back up to the Browns. Bears, three and four. (laughs) Three and four. No, wait. Are we doing the Bears or the Browns? Okay, we can do the Browns. We'll stay in the AFC. Stay in we the have AFC. a show sheet. We need to follow it. What do you think this is? Listen, I saw a B, and then it was I was looking at the Bears. We shouldn't have put them next to each other. You Me, I did it. Other. I know. I knew. We were All right, we're that. talking about the Browns. The Browns staying in the AFC four, four and three, third place in the AFC North with losses to the Chiefs, Chargers, and Cardinals. The three C's. Um, let me know. What do you think? Where do you sit? Oh, I'm of like a five. I don't, I yeah. mean, do they have issues? Yeah, but I still, I, I mean, maybe, maybe they're not going to win the AFC North. Honestly, maybe they come in third in the AFC North, but yeah. I think that could still very much equal a playoff berth. Um, the three teams they lost to, like, yeah, we're going to talk about the Chiefs in a little bit, but the Chargers are a very good team and the Cardinals are still undefeated and might be the best team in the NFL right now. Like, 
Um, they did that without Baker Mayfield for a game, uh, maybe two. Um, he's been injured all season. So I guess like maybe that's something to be a little bit worried about, but mm -hmm. honestly, like Baker Mayfield's not really going to go out there and win them many games to begin with. Although again, you got to give him credit, uh, in that chiefs game, especially, you know, he was able to keep up with Mahomes. but, uh, their recipe to success is mainly about running the ball and playing really good defense. And they have very good abilities to rush the ball and play good defense. So I'm not worried about them. Um, you know, maybe maybe it's not what they look like at the beginning of the season when it looked like they might take the AFC North, but uh, I still think they're in good shape to make the playoffs. I agree. I think the one thing for me, I would like to see a little bit more development with um, with Baker Mayfield. We've seen a lot this like you and I have sat down for an entire segment and um, compared stats from last year to this year. And we've seen a lot of improvement with turnovers, with touchdowns, with with kind of game management. Um, but there's still a, a good amount of of development i think big R. mayfield needs in order to keep me like fully comfortable um for him with the browns and i think that's kind of the one piece for me i like we said you know i don't think our expectations are going to be completely matched our preseason expectations on the browns are going to be completely matched with um what it's going to look like at the end of this at the regular season i do think that there's still a chance they get into playoffs a, a pretty good chance at that um so i'm really really not too worried um and I think, I think coaching is doing a great job. I think players are doing a decent job. Um, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much all I have to say about the Browns. Yeah. I mean, if the Browns are making the playoffs, then you're probably thrilled because yeah. that's not what the last 20 some years have been. Yeah. Um, and I will um, jump to the next. I mean, seriously, you have to be excited, but I'll jump to the next one. Save myself. Now we're back to the Bears. Chicago uh, Brown Bears. Three and four sitting in third in the NFC North with losses to the Rams, Browns, Packers, and Buccaneers, which there are, those are all good teams. Yep. Yeah. They are. All of them are very good teams. I mean, yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Um, well, first, I need to, uh, uh, DEFCON one. Have you not, have you watched New Girl? I have watched New Girl like 10 times. Oh, okay. I said Chicago Brown Bears and I got no reaction. I was trying, I was thinking about making sure I did that right when I said that. Um, but because I, I messed up the first time, but I love New Girl, love Nick, um, and his love for the Chicago Bears. Do you know there's a picture of the brown bear on the um on the fridge? Oh, like in, in the on the set or whatever? Yeah, no, like on the set. Like you can see it there. There's a picture of yeah. just a bear. Like they don't have like the yeah. bear's logo, but they have a picture of a bear on the end. Yeah. There and there's yeah. a bunch of like bear um stuff like hidden around like Easter eggs. I just I love I love Schmidt and the fact that he called them the Chicago Brown Bears. The Chicago you Brown Bears. It's just the Bears. It's very oh, no. stupid. <laughs> um good. I'm I'm glad we did that. Uh glad we so went glad. off on that little tangent. Um yeah, it's like a DEFCON like one maybe maybe a two i don't like what is there to be excited about everything it, it's miserable there i mean david montgomery I, okay khalil herbert he single-handedly might bring it up to defcon two, i guess because he's been a, a a nice surprise i guess but like justin fields has looked miserable and i don't blame him because i think matt Nagy is garbage like i i think he's hot no, he garbage. Is. um and they need to like i think it's defcon one because i'm legitimately worried he might not get fired I don't, I, I, mm, it terrifies me because I just don't trust the bears to do the correct thing or make a smart choice. And that might lead to Matt Nagy still being the head coach, like fire him now. Honestly, it's like what dooming yourself. like what, what has he done to deserve to have a job right now? Like this season, <laughs> what on earth has he done to say, I will not fire him tomorrow. Like, no, get him out of there. Let him stop talking to Justin Fields and just like, I don't even know. Like bring in anyone else. Like just put, put Justin Fields in a room with anyone but Matt Nagy, and maybe you can save his development. But man, I don't know. I, it is terrifying. Allen Robinson looks like he just does not care, and I don't blame him. Um, yeah. And he was like, he's like always like, noted as like QB proof, right? Like, yeah, and he has been. I mean, yeah. he, like, and that I think that's maybe one of the most worrisome things is he's been QB proof. And I think that makes Justin Fields look somehow a thousand times worse than he actually is because Allen Robinson can do what he did with the likes of uh, Mitch Trubisky and Blake Bortles. And then he can't do it with Justin Fields. It's like, yeah. that's horrifying. That is terrifying. Yeah. The defense has underperformed for the most part. Like I just, God, I don't, mm, I don't know. Please just fire Matt Nagy. Yeah. And we can go back down to like DEFCON 4 or something. Yeah. I saw a tweet that was like, um, 
Robinson is QB proof, but I can't remember who did. I think it might've been Sam, but she was like, um, we always said Matt Nagy was QB proofed it, but we think about the fact that he might not be Matt Nagy proof. And that's exactly what it is. All of these, these players are just not Matt Nagy proof. Um, I I don't understand how you could be hopeful for the future currently with Matt Nagy at the helm. Um, I just think, like you said, there is like little player development anywhere. It's a horrible place to raise a QB when you're like, he's our starter. He's our starter. He's our Andy Dalton all the way. Actually, just kidding. You're our starter from now on. Just kidding. Let's go back. Like it's just, it is a horrible place to be able to like, you have to think of it like psychologically too that plays with players and and it plays with the QB and it plays with the team and team morale and and how these receivers have to prepare for these quarterbacks and and offensive schemes supporting a certain type of quarterback. So how are these players supposed to be feel and look good when this is what's going on with coaching and like it, it everything is underperforming. A lot of people had a lot of expectations for the Bears this year and unfortunately they're not living up. Uh, the way they have three wins is miraculous to me. Yeah, it's been yeah, it's mm, uh, it's bizarre. It's horrible. It's horrible there. But yeah, I digress. Yeah, we can go on Nothing to the next. Nothing positive to say there. Yeah. No, Defcon one, nuclear war imminent. <laughs> mm. <laughs> on so, to the Forty Niners. Yeah, I'll ask you this one. So okay. they're two and four, uh, coming off of a bye week. They're third in the NFC West, um, and they've lost to the Packers, the Seahawks, the Cardinals, and the Colts. Where are you at with this Forty Niners team? This one's not tough. to mention one of their wins was against the Eagles, and yeah. honestly, they didn't even look good during it. They didn't. Um, I'd probably say like a two. Um, I between a two and three, I think. I I don't think I'm anywhere near one because I think there is a lot a lot of hope for the future with this team. Again, another place with a decent amount of young talent. Um, it's just another one of those things that. Uh, there's like a lot of stuff swirling around Jimmy G and the way Jimmy G has been in the locker room and, and the way Trey Lance is and all this kind of stuff. And, and I'm kind of just not, it's, none of it looks like it's meshing. It, it just seems like schemes are not working with players. Um, we're not getting a, I mean, like I love Debo Debo has been popping off, but I feel like you need to incorporate more uh, Brennan Ayuk in there. They're just not. And that's not even from like a, a fantasy perspective. It's just to like open up your no, options. You have on a that first round wide receiver like, that ball rookie year. Like exactly. the fact he's not getting the ball is like Kyle Shanahan. That's on bizarre. you. Bizarre. Bizarre. Um, yeah, it's just in general. I just think a lot of this seems like Kyle Shanahan issues. I think there, there's a decent amount that, that again is kind of the growing pains with the rookie court with somewhat of a rookie quarterback. Like, I mean, he's a rookie quarterback, but he's only in some of the times and whatnot when, only when Jimmy G's hurt, whatever. So I think some of it is the growing pains with an organization that's obviously has a lot of young talent. Um, but to me, it seems like a lot of it is um, Kyle Shanahan, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, we've been seeing reports about the, you know, Kyle Shanahan is like been very, you know, me, 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 like taking yeah. a lot of the credit and not taking yeah. any of the blame. It, it, it reminds me, and I feel like I've said this like every other show, but the, the reports that I'm reading are just, you know, it's reminding me a bit of like the Chip Kelly days with the Eagles, where it's like mm -hmm. when he became the GM and he said, okay, like I don't need the, I don't need these players. Like I can, I can put whoever in my scheme and I can mm -hmm. make it work because I'm an offensive mastermind. And it's like, yeah, okay, Kyle Shanahan, I will give you this. I could probably play running back for you and rush for a thousand yards. Like that's yeah. a really, really, yeah, good, good job. But like you see guys like uh giants guy now. Um, what is uh, the dude, uh, Dante Pettis, um, yeah. you know, he was great. And then he wasn't. And it's like, but why, why does the coaching staff all of a sudden hate him? Brandon Ayuk seems like he's going through that exact same thing. Yeah. Um, it's just very bizarre. It, it's very odd. I don't like it. Um, Kyle Shanahan is very good at his job, um, at least offensively. But I am beginning to lose faith in his ability to be a leader of men. Uh, mm -hmm. Because, you know, it's one thing when they're winning. It's always the easiest time to be a head coach. You know, if I, if, Honestly, if I was the head coach of a team that went 16 and 0, I think my job would be very easy. Yeah. Obviously, I went 16 and 0, good good for me, but like I'd have no problem commanding those guys respect. I'd have some problem, but it's easy to coach a winning football team. But you're 2 and 4, you are you're coming off of a disappointing season. 
off of a disappointing Super Bowl loss going two years ago. Um, I, and I think he, he might be starting to lose some of his key players, some of his key leaders. And, um, you know, you, you trade your entire future away for a guy in Trey Lance. And then that entire situation has been very just poorly handled. It feels like, um, I don't know. I, I, I Kyle Shanahan needs to learn that just use the players. you have. Like he, stop trying to outsmart yourself, dude. Like yeah. stop. Being an offensive mastermind only gets you so far. Yeah, I like I I I have never been a big Sean McVay fan. I think yeah. that he was extremely overhyped, but I give him credit. He has changed what he's done and mm-hmm. he's adjusted as teams have adjusted to him. Like I will give him all the credit in the world for that because he's done that. Kyle Shanahan is very much going in the Chip Kelly route, which is bang, get into the NFL. You went 10 and 6, went to the playoffs. I uh, got a, you know, a career year out of Nick Foles. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Or that would have smiked Vic. Then you get a career year out of Nick Foles, go 10 and six. He adjusted nothing. And then he was out of the league in two more years. Like if people start to figure out Kyle Shanahan, which to a certain extent they are, obviously mm-hmm. injuries don't help, but he needs to learn how to adjust or he's not going to last. And because the fact that he's not a good leader of men is not going to help his case. Yeah. And it's another one of those, like, like you said, leader and morale things. Like it's, it's in the running back room too, right? Like, it, I mean, the, I mean, they what a mind bend was going on at the, at the week one, at right around preseason, week one to week two. That was going on. Like, what was going on in that running back room that that you had very good running backs that were healthy scratches or didn't get any touches? Like, it, it actually be, makes no sense. Fair. Trey Sermon does not look like a very good running back. And I mean, scratch. was a very good running back. Um, like, I don't know. I just, and but you had young guys. I don't know. So I just, I just think it's still a mind bend that you're, these players were like getting first team reps and then healthy scratch. And then you don't give one the ball and then you run another like it. And I know he's like a running genius and whatnot, but it's just, it's, it seems very like unsustainable. I think is what it is. It's like running a, place like this where it seems like there's a lot of divide from what i'm getting out of reports is not very sustainable for a team yeah it's rough uh, but i'll ask you this one because i'm mm. excited to hear your answer Great. the eagles um sitting at two and five tied for second in the nfc east with losses Holy to the crap of all the yeah. teams we've talked about the eagles are the ones that are tied for second in their division that's just ridiculous i hate it yeah yeah it's you're welcome Sorry, um go on losses to the 49ers cowboys chiefs bucks and raiders i want to hear your thoughts on your philadelphia eagles well what wait hold on backtrack one you never gave me what level you were on with the 49ers three three probably three okay what level you want for the eagles well ashley um a team is a lot like a flower Mm -hmm. uh you need to to water it and fertilize it every day uh, because that's how it gets better okay. or something. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I'm at a one. I yeah. I don't think our defensive coordinator knows how to defensively coordinate. Um, yeah. It's it's horrible. Like, And I'll get to Nick Sirianni in a second, but th- this defense has been pissing me off more than anything. Like, You don't have good, good very good personnel. Your be- the best personnel you have is your front four. But you're overcomplicating things for them. If that's the best part of your team, let them rush the quarterback. We are the wor- we are one of the worst teams against the run in the entire NFL, and the supposed reason for that is because that will help us be good against the pass. Nope. Not good against that either. Yeah, I get it. Our linebackers are absolute garbage. So maybe you don't play two deep safeties and make your linebackers have to cover the entire middle of the field because Alex Singleton, former CFL star, is not a suitable linebacker one. And the guy who drafted in the third round, like two years ago, or last year, Davion Taylor, doesn't really understand the game of football. He's just fast. Jonathan Gannon is completely unable to adjust anything, I, I guess. I, I, he's, it's, it's the exact conversation that I feel like we were just having. He, he has a scheme. And he's he's doing nothing like 
he talks the talk about wanting to build around the players that he has, but you've got Fletcher Cox, a long time, like very quiet leader in the locker room, the highest paid player on the Eagles. Um, maybe a future hall of famer defensive tackle. One of the best of the past, like decade and a half or past decade along there with Aaron Donald. Great player. Definitely past his prime. You do have Javon Hargrave, but you've got Fletcher Cox out here talking about how he's not paid to read screens. And it's like, maybe he shouldn't say that, but like the fact that he is saying something about that, especially considering all the crap that he has gone through, like all these coaches and whatnot, all these schemes, like, and now he's saying something that tells me something. And that yeah. makes me unhappy. Jonathan Gannon looks like he has, he's in way over his head. But yes, Nick Sirianni today or yesterday compared running his team to a flower and you have to water it and fertilize it. I don't you know. You didn't compare your team to a sinking submarine. I wish, honestly. Be That's more what honest. Joe Judge did. Well, I hate <laughs> Joe Judge. Um, but at least he's realistic. We're up to two, I think. Now. Um, but oh yeah, the counter. Um, yeah, Nick Sirianni, I, I, I love, I, I really like him as a person. Me too. He has high energy. He wears all these shirts and mm -hmm. he's just, he pandering to Philadelphia and I live for pandering. That's, but it, we've talked about that before. That's what he needs to do in Philly. Absolutely. He's not it up. He did, well, yeah. But like, yeah. And that's the thing. I think there's certain things that he's very good at. At certain times, he looks very impressive, but he is in over his head as an offensive play caller. And that he proves that every single week when he gives one of the best players on your entire team, probably in Miles Sanders, one of your best, one of your most electric players, he, run, he he gets like three touches. And yeah, I get he's injured now, but like, what about all the weeks leading up to that where he had like two rush attempts, three rush attempts, like, Come on, man. He's in there for 80% of the snaps, and you can't get him any more touches. That's ridiculous. Nick Sirianni is not the only problem. Jalen Hurts has looked extremely uneven. At times, he looks incredible, and other times, he can't hit the broadside of a barn if it's more than 10 yards down the field. Like, there are a lot of issues with this team. Uh, the fact that Zach Hurts immediately went to the Cardinals and had the longest touchdown uh, catch, uh, longest catch of his career um, made me very happy, but also very sad. Um, I believe that Nick Sirianni knows how he wants to use his players, but I don't believe in his ability right now to properly offensively scheme against the defense and also play call. Um, I don't think he's going to get fired after one year because that's not be something the Eagles do. It's just not something that Jeffrey Lurie does. Um, maybe Jonathan Gannon will. Honestly, he's been miserable. Um, I think Nick Sirianni will be fine. I have no clue what to make of Jalen Hurts. I think that the book is still very much being being written. Um, I haven't heard great things about this quarterback class, but there's a really good chance that it's looking like we're going to have three first-round picks, and two of them might be in the top ten. So, I will there's tell you a lot the of QB class is very thin with not like there's if no you, Trevor Lawrence. No, there, but and there were like like four studs and this year you'll be lucky. Like there's talk that there might not be a QB drafted in the first round. Oh, there, so, there always will. It, there always right. will be, but completely you, okay. side note. I hate yeah. that. I hate when people yeah. talk about that because it's absolute horse crap. Oh, yes, one is going to go in the first round. It always happens. Yeah. Like I, I, yes, I understand it doesn't literally always happen, but like, mm -hmm. was it EJ, EJ, EJ manual or something? A guy, mm -hmm. the bills drafted in the first round in like the same mm -hmm. year as Geno Smith went in the second round, I think is the name that I'm thinking of. Like there's always going to be one draft in the first yeah. round. It's a it's a team that's desperate, but um, yes. my point was it's like it's there's it, not one that's worth it. There's not one that's worth it. Like if you especially with three round draft, like imagine what you could do with three first round, like early first round draft picks, and you have a young quarter. You don't have a uh, an old man at, with a noodle arm at the quarterback. So it's like you have promise and a young talent. Yeah. It's kind of just like it's unknown right now, which is like a good chance the Eagles take the, if they are keeping Sirianni, honestly, I don't, I don't think they'd move away. Is my personal opinion. It's like, I feel like if you're keeping Sirianni, which I do think they will do, I don't think there is much that he can do that will get him fired this year. Um, but I think that they probably both ride out next year into next year. And then it's kind of when they gauge, um, what they want to do at the position. Yeah, I mean, I tend to agree. If you have three first-round picks, use them on difference makers across the board. And if Jalen Hurts proves to not be the quarterback in another year, maybe with you know Nick Sirianni looking better in that year two or whatever, like fine, 
then you're probably in a bad, you're probably in a decent position to draft a quarterback at that point. And you're going to have him on a rookie deal with hopefully a lot of ascending young talent because you have those first round picks. Two more things to touch on really quick, just because I don't get to talk about the Eagles very. I try mm-hmm. not to talk about the Eagles very often, yeah. um, at least not in depth. But Howie Roseman needs to be fired. If we have 33 first round picks, he must not be allowed to make those picks. Howie Roseman being the GM of the Eagles, he is miserable. I don't think I, I, I don't know. I always go back and forth on whether or not he's actually good at his job. I think he might be good at his job, but he also really just wants to be the smartest dude in the room. And he's constantly outsmarting himself instead of just doing the easy thing. Um so please, God, if we have three first-round picks, do not let Howie Roseman make those draft picks because I, I don't want that. Um, and then lastly, uh, uh, actually a common question and something I did want to touch on was that uh, will Jalen Hurts be benched for Gardner Minshew now that Joe Flacco has been traded? I don't think so. I That's one of the most annoying things that I've been seeing on fantasy Twitter because obviously Jalen Hurts has been very good for fantasy but not great in the NFL. He's like, oh, they traded for Minshew to bench Jalen Hurts. No, they didn't. They didn't. First of all, we're a quarterback factory. We always have a 1,000 quarterbacks that we want to start because we're a quarterback factory. And I don't mean that sarcastically in the slightest. Of course, um, I do. But Gardner Minshew, like, no, they did not draft Gardner Minshew to be their future franchise quarterback. They or traded for him they traded for him because he's on a very cheap deal and he Mm -hmm. still has another year in his contract to be a very cheap backup and that is an extremely valuable thing to have a high quality cheap backup in the nfl is one of the best deals that i think a team can have on for themselves i agree you gain you gain nothing by benching jalen hurts for gardner Minshew. we know who gardner Minshew is and he is not a franchise quarterback Jalen Hurts, the jury is technically still out because you can ask yourself, is it Nick Sirianni's fault? He's in, you know, 10, 11 starts in his career, whatever. There's more upside with Jalen Hurts than there is with Gardner Minshew, possible upside. They are not going to bench Jalen Hurts if he keeps playing like this because it is not entirely Jalen Hurts' fault that they are losing. The entire Mm -hmm. team is sucking. Jalen Hurts goes out there and plays miserably. Yeah, maybe they bench him for the second half of a game or something, but like, unless he strings together like four straight games of just absolutely miserable play, they will not be benching him. They are not just waiting and hoping that they have an excuse to bench him because they gain nothing from doing that. Please just stop talking about benching Jalen Hurts for Gardner Minshew. Good Lord. Sorry, I'm done now. No, you're good. I completely agree, though. Like, I... It's not why he's there. Like, if you genuinely thought that the plan was to bring in Gardner Minshew to just stop playing Jalen Hurts, I, I think you'd kind of need to reevaluate. Um, you're an idiot. You're, you're an idiot, and you know nothing about say that. Way. Oh, I will. I will have. Um, I'll only say that about the Eagles because I follow them as closely as I do. But like, you're an yeah. actual moron if that was your if that's what you thought. Yeah. So. And, and I agree. So I, I think you said everything I need to say. I don't really need to elaborate on that, especially because you said it better than I could because um, it's your team. But I'd probably mm. put them at the, at a two um, instead of a yeah. one. I don't think I'm as um, sound the alarms as you are. So I guess they dictate my name. Of health, so I know. Yeah. Um, I will. So that's pretty much all. I don't have much to say, but I want to get into um the one that's probably one of the more interesting ones that we were going to talk about in the last one in this segment. And that is the chiefs sitting at three and four tied for last in the AFC West with losses to the Ravens, chargers, bills, and Titans. Yeah. I, um, I don't even know like where I, like I've been trying to think about it and like, I don't even know where I fully stand or like where to start with this one. It's probably a four for me. I, yeah, I'm thinking I'm not, three. I'm not worried about I'm not worried about Patrick Mahomes. I'm not worried about Andy Reid because we know what they are. Like Andy Reid did not just suddenly become not a Hall of Fame level head coach that has over a hundred win or, or at least a hundred wins with two franchises. The only head coach like he didn't just suddenly do that. And Patrick Mahomes did not suddenly become uh, you know, not one of the top mm-hmm. three quarterbacks in the entire NFL. Like that, that didn't change the, I think the only reason I'm at a four and not a five is because they have just the, the worst defense. Their defense yeah. is miserable. And yeah. like, it's just, it's, it's awful. Yeah. It's, I, they're giving up like, in, it's like bottom 10 in both like, pass and run defense um so they're bottom 10 in, in two facets of the defense which is not good, bad clearly 
<laughs> very bad. Good. Not good. Um, yeah, I would say I probably with you at a four, maybe a little bit closer to a three than you're like a little bit closer to five. And I'm a little yeah. bit closer to the three. Um, I just think in a t- I think the one thing pushing me a little bit more towards a three is that this team has to not be happy with the way they're playing. Um, and I think it is, it's going to be one of those situations. I know it is whether it's going to push you and you're going to like go all the way to the Super Bowl, or it's going to like crumble and fall. Um, and I'm not saying they're going to like go winless for the rest of the season. I just think it might be like, not get as far in playoffs. You know, like, I don't think it's, it's as it's not doomed like their playoff run, but I think that a lot of it comes from they have to not be happy with the way they're playing. There has to be probably a divide somewhere, like a crack in in, in the foundation somewhere here that they have to patch. Um, and if they don't, that there's a very good chance that it spreads. Yeah, I mean, I think where I stand with it is yeah, they'll make the playoffs. I have very little doubt that they'll figure it out by the end of the season and they'll make the playoffs. But, you know, maybe it's the type of thing where they make it in the wild card instead of winning the division. Mm-hmm. Maybe they even lose in the first round. But, like, that doesn't really change the way I'm going to look at them for the next season. Like, we, we, we've yeah. seen Tom Brady lose in the first round of the playoffs. We, we saw Peyton Manning lose in the first round of the playoffs. Like, we saw these historically great quarterbacks have an off year or two. Um because the team, I mean, Drew Brees, like how many years in a row were the Saints just like eight and eight? Um, at least that's what it felt like where they it was Drew Brees doing what he could, but not being able to do enough. And then they rebounded. They were fine because he's Drew Brees and it was Sean Payton. Like, that's how I view this team. I'm really not worried because I think if anything, this will just give them less excuses to fix the things that they have to fix in the offseason. I agree. Um, I agree. And I think I, mean, I was saying more to three for this season. I was sitting a little bit closer to three for this season for, for long-term. I'm definitely at a, a four. Like you said, the defense is the only thing keeping me from a five for future wise. Um, but this season's probably closer to three. Um, but I agree. I think that's a great way to put it is that losing a little is going to be able to say, hey, like, let us evaluate what's going on here instead of yeah. kind of like putting makeup on the defense and saying it's, it looks pretty like it doesn't. So you kind of have to, with the way they're playing, reevaluate and say, how can we fix this for next year? How can we fix this for our future? Um, how can we get back to being a complete Super Bowl contender? And I think that probably might be a good thing with that comes with these losses, which often there's not a lot of great things that come with losses, except if you're hoping your like head coach gets fired. But um, I think that, that that's a great way to put it. But yeah. I, I'm pretty sure they're still one of the betting. There's like the second betting favorites um, for the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, which under them is, the box. Yeah. Uh, it makes a box are it, obviously the first. I think the card the Cardinals are probably close to them. I haven't looked since like b- before last week's game, but he, they're still the betting favorite. One of their yeah. second betting favorite for it. But is there anything else you have to say about the Chiefs? No, no. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes is good at football. Yeah, and I saw something today that was like. Um, his, you know, we we often talk about like touchdown rate can be unsustainable. Um, it's like maybe this turnover rate is a little bit unsustainable um, because yeah. he's having such heavy uh, turnovers, and it's like th- having that many turnovers has to be unsustainable. The same way having that many touchdowns can be unsustainable. So there ha- there might be a regression, which would technically be a progression um, with interceptions so yes i'm hoping we see that he's a highly skilled i i think for me that's one thing though is i want mahomes to he i can't diss him in any way but i want him to be a little bit better at managing what he thinks he can throw and can't there's a lot of stuff that he's gotten away with and there's there's been like three or what he's not gonna gonna do do you said he's not gonna do it oh yeah no of course not and I, I don't think he is, I, but I would love him to like, there are several ones of his like won't. interception tape that I'm like, you should just know not to do that one. Like you've just threw it straight up in the air and there's a better right there. Ashley shoot or shoot. I, I know. That's all I got to say. Shoot or shoot. You let him shoot. Let him shoot. I know. I know. But there, come on. There's a few in there. You have to say that was no. dumb. It, really? No, because it's Patrick Mahomes. I, I agree know, with, but... I agree with you in principle, but it's Patrick Mahomes. I know, but he at has some shown point. that he can literally make every single throw that's ever existed. And honestly, if he thinks he can make it, I'm not going to bet against him. Yeah, I, I mean, guess. like 
because two years ago, if I had said that, like, oh, dude, you got to stop doing that. You're just going to catch up to you. I'd look pretty stupid right now because yeah. it worked. Like, yeah, it, it does. But... but the best three pointers of all time go through cold streaks. But shoot, to shoot. Got to keep shooting. Yeah. But there's still a few in there that I'm not a huge fan of. Like, I'm not a fan ah, of interceptions. But... Shoot, to shoot. <laughs> Okay, we'll end it with that quote today. Um, I want to read you guys a brief message from our sponsor, Analyst Depot. Analyst Depot is your go-to source for all of your fantasy football analyst needs. They have an amazing suite of tools to help you be the best fantasy analyst. From tools showing you your player shares to free reports on player and defensive performances week to week. And they're the best tool that they have hands down is the, pro, uh, the projection wizard. It basically does your own team by team projections for you. It's super easy. It breaks on the whole process with step-by-step instructions and help makes your helps you make smart projections with historical data for every player, which is placed right in front of you as you do your projections. So just go to analystdepot.com and sign up for a free account. And I think that that's going to wrap us up today. Um, we got we got very busy talking about um, the DEFCON levels, but that was a lot of fun. I'm happy we got to talk about um, a bunch of teams that we haven't gotten to talk about yet. Maybe we'll do another DEFCON breakdown for the teams we haven't done yet in, um, in the coming weeks. But I'm happy we did that. We got to gauge a little bit more. But yeah, that's about it. I, I thank you guys for joining us, joining us today on the Undroppables Playbook, a football podcast presented by the undroppables and sponsored by analyst depot i'm one of your hosts ashley you can find me on twitter at ashley underscore marie with two a's and ashley you can find me uh with the undroppables putting all my content out there on tiktok on their website on twitter and yeah if you ever need to find me the best place to find me is twitter where can we find you duncan you can find me on twitter you can find me in london if you go (laughs) back a week in time Mm -hmm. um Yep, I'm on Twitter at mpduncan75. I'm the producer of the Undrafted podcast hosted by uh, Jax Falcone at Dino Game Theory. Uh, and yeah, you can find me with the Undroppables, not on TikTok, thankfully. So, Do you yeah. want to come on TikTok? I don't think anyone wants me on TikTok. Why? Mm, yeah, for the we'll best of everyone. We'll mm. talk about it later. Um, you can find both of us together here texting at like 3 a.m. because neither of us sleep um or <laughs> wednesday at 8 p.m eastern standard time for a live show and you can find or you can hear you can't find us but you can hear both of us anywhere you listen to your podcasts uh that's apple spotify google i don't know what they're called google playlists uh google playlist oh. youtube you can see us if you want to on youtube for video playback but anywhere you stream your content you can find both of us in every episode of the undroppables playbook we have a lot of good content coming we have a lot of good content from our previous weeks so give it a listen make sure to subscribe or like depending on what platform you're on and leave us a review if you can uh really helps out both of us helps the podcast um and that's about it so thank you guys for joining us we'll see you guys next week for another week of football content breakdowns i don't think we're going to do defcon next week but who knows we'll have a lot of fun uh games and segments next week so we thank you guys for joining us and thanks for doing the solo show on my week off um and we'll see you guys next week i'll be back he'll be back we'll both be here bye guys bye everyone